Well, first this morning, I'm joined by a woman who last weekend saw her sons receive the Spirit of Cork Award. Angie Benhafaf is the mother of two little boys taken into the hearts, nation's heart, after Hassan and Hussein were born conjoined from the chest to the pelvis, sharing many key organs. There followed a 16-hour operation to separate them in April 2010 at Great Ormond Street in London. Well, after doctors initially gave the twins little chance of survival, in the years since, there were dozens more operations as they bravely battled the odds. But on Friday of this week, the two little boys, well, they marked a major milestone in their lives as they became teenagers, celebrating their 13th birthday. And their mom, Angie Benhavov, joins me now. Morning, Angie. Good morning. Lovely to see you. It's so nice oh. to see you, Angie. Listen, first of all, their 13th birthday, you're in Dublin celebrating it. How have the celebrations been going? Uh, well, I'd say it's going to be a week long celebration, according to the boys, because they have so much lined up. But I've never seen two children so excited to turn 13, you know, yeah. uh, there was a big build up to it. And typical, I suppose, in the boys style, they just wanted to go for Mexican food and the cinema. That was it. You know, no big lavish uh, party, just very low key and just typical of them, you know. They're beautiful boys. I mean, I met them last weekend. Remind people, Angie, because I was lucky to meet you almost 13 years ago, shortly after they were born. Remind us, first of all, when did you first realise that your twins were conjoined? Okay, so it was my first scan at 12 weeks and it was a lovely, happy family event. And um, we, we all gathered at the hospital for the first scan, but... Uh, I suppose I had a gut feeling, which I had shared with a close friend of mine, that I felt something was wrong with the pregnancy. And sure enough, at the first scan, um, I could see the sonographer's face just saying that there was something just not quite right and she needed to get an obstetrician in. And my gut feeling had told me there was something wrong, but I was never expecting her to say that the babies were conjoined. So on that first 12 week scan, uh, we were told that the babies were conjoined, uh, that if it went full term, there was a risk of all three of us. And I suppose from there on, then I was just scanned every single week to see if there's still a heartbeat. I suppose that got really, really painful because it was every week you were looking at the screen to see if your babies were still alive and... You know, that was a very hard thing to go through. But then at the 20 week scan, uh, we found out they had a heart each. So they shared. Yeah, it was a miracle. Mm. It was like um, so they shared everything from chest, liver, gut, bladder, bowel, pelvis, um, congenital scoliosis. um, And all through the pregnancy, we just uh, were told they had two arms, two legs each as well. And we found out um, not long before the birth that they had only formed one pair of legs between them as well. Um, So it was like a constant battle of odds against them, you know, and with them being male conjoined twins as well, uh, they don't have a very good survival rate. You know, it it was when I look back at statistics, I'm blessed the two of them are still here. Yeah. And of course, your own GP in Cork was winning because he got in touch with, him with this amazing Cork doctor, his friend, Edward Kiley, and he did the separation brilliantly. You know, like there has been so many phenomenal twists and coincidences that have happened all through this. And I always make a joke and say, you know, 
wherever the boys go, it just seems luck and faith <laughs> intervenes. But if I was there on my own, geez, you know, <laughs> the world and his mother is against me. But the boys just seem to have a lovely uh, aura, you know, and uh, a friend of mine calls them the little happiness ambassadors, you know, no. but... Uh, the strange thing was, not long after I found out that they were conjoined, um, obviously I was heartbroken and trying to uh, take it all in. And I suppose with being told that, you know, there was a million to one chance of us surviving to the birth, it was an awful lot to take in. So I thought at that time, who can I reach out to and trust? Um, because we wanted to keep it very private as mm. well, you know. And my GP from when I was a little girl, a wonderful man called Dr. Joe Dillon, um, he was the one person I thought of at that time, having not spoken to him in 15 years. Mm. Um, And I reached out and I rang him and I'd say I didn't make a whole lot of sense on the phone because I was so upset. And we had a chat and he said, um, a very close friend of mine that I went to UCC with and played rugby with, specialises in conjoined twins. And I thought of all the people in the world I rang. Amazing. You know, mm. so he said uh, his name is Edward Kiley, um, based in Great Ormond Street. Why don't you give him a call? So there and then I did. And I guess at the very most, I expected to get through to Mr. Kiley's secretary and leave a, a blubbered message. Um, but the secretary asked me to just hold a second. And this wonderful soft spoken man came on the phone there and then. Uh, told him about our little uh, boys and he said to keep in touch with him week by week, let him know how the scans were going. And I did that. And, you know, once we found out they had a heart each, that was hope. Mm. And that's where my fight began. You know, up until the 20 week scan, I was just heartbroken and in an awful place, you know, Um so once once I found out they had a heart each, everything changed. It was just like, OK, this is the fight now. And, you know, I just willed them to live. And even when I was pregnant, you know, the two little girls, Malik and Iman, they was just forever. They're your daughters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, they're 18 and 15 now, which is phenomenal and <laughs> great big sisters. But um, at the time, they used to forever be singing and rubbing and loving the bump, you know. <laughs> And uh, it was a very precious time. But, you know, looking back at all that, it's such a story. And um, we just were very blessed with different coincidences, contacting Joe Dillon, him knowing this world-renowned surgeon. Um, And uh, once I told Edward Kiley then they had a heart each, like that was our big step forward of hope. And um, we started to just plan ahead and we went to Great Ormond Street a month before the birth. Um, we did an MRI there and found out the boys had only developed one pair of legs and Hassan had a hole in his heart as well. And that was like another knock really for me. Um, so we just gathered up our belongings in on the 30th of November 2009 uh, for an unpredicted amount of time to travel to the UK for the birth. Uh, Malika and Eman were two and five at the time. And uh, when we locked that front door, I'll never quite forget it because I didn't know if I was coming back with any baby. So it, it was just a, a very tough time to just lock up that door and think, when I return here, you know, what have I? 
And you did return with two beautiful babies. Now, since then, they've had, is it about 50 surgeries they've had? We're up over 60 surgeries now. Wow. Yeah, sadly, um, up over 60 surgeries now. And, you know, I actually just bumped into a lady yesterday. um, We went to the lovely Wild Lights in Dublin Zoo and... Mm. uh, you know, you'd always get a lot of love towards the boys when we're out and about and people coming over and giving them, you know, a little hug or chatting. And she was like, God, you know, it's it's quite surreal, she said, because my daughter was born at the same time and, you know, meeting you guys now and her daughter was with her and it was just, you know, we're all here. It was just And wonderful. they're doing well, aren't they? I mean, they're beautiful looking boys, but they are. how are they doing? Uh, Hassan has had a quite a tough year. Um, I suppose in March of this year, Hassan had two very major surgeries and he's still recovering, mm. believe it or not. Um, he's still recovering. Very tough year on him, uh, as always. Um, Hussein is his medicine. When either one of them is sick, they're each other's medicine. And I suppose that's become a known fact, really. You know, whether they're in Crumlin Hospital or Great Ormond Street Hospital, um, that's better than any other medicine in the world. They just pop in next to each other in the bed and it's just precious. It's a lovely sight to see, you know, they just help each other along. Even the doctors say that, don't they? That, they do, yeah. yeah. They've just got to know it, you know. Um, I suppose Hassan goes through more surgeries from the two of them because he has congenital scoliosis as well. And um, I suppose when he's in intensive care, I always protect Hussein from seeing him at that time. But once he's kind of more himself and back on the ward, you know, I know the time to bring his brother in. And it's it's amazing. You just see kind of within five minutes, you know, yeah, Hassan's yeah. recovery just improves so much once his twin is by his side, you know. And I think we'll never truly understand their bond you know, twins are close. Yeah, but they're incredible. And they're too. so in sync with each other. They're hilarious, you know. They are their personalities talk. different? Are oh, they? my God. They're chalk and cheese. So, oh, Hassan will break my heart. <laughs> Jesus. Hassan. What, what, like what? Oh, since he was in my tummy, I like, I remember like he used to be literally, you know, kicking and moving and just mental. And then Hussein, um, very quiet, barely moving, you know, and really worrying us. And even like from the time, like the, they were even conjoined. And I remember he always had a twinkle in his eye, Hassan, you know. And this is actually, this is actually funny, you know, and you'll get it when I say it out loud. So when they were conjoined, um, Hassan, being the rogue he is, used to almost beat up his brother, you know. <laughs> and poor Hussein, with them being conjoined, couldn't get away from him. <laughs> And we used to have to get little scratch mitts, you know. So um, there, there was just such funny moments you kind of look back on. And, um, you know, once they were separated, you know, I must admit, um, I missed how they were. They were just yeah. this perfect heart shape and just very special. And it took a while to get used to them being apart. They're sports mad as well, aren't they, Angie? I mean, what particular sports are they interested in? They love sport, don't they? They do. They absolutely love um, playing wheelchair basketball uh, in Cork. And they're doing that about five and a half years. And they're doing athletics as well for the last five years. So they do discus, javelin and shot put. And uh, in July of this year, they had their first international para-athletics competition and I suppose we went thinking, you know, this is a wonderful experience for them. You know, with all these 
big older, yeah. you know, boys and girls. And uh, we never quite imagined they'd come home with six medals to Ireland. So they came home with one gold, three silver and two bronze. Isn't that brilliant? And again, yeah. an, another lovely coincidence. That was the 2nd of July of this year. This year. And it was the 2nd of July is the anniversary of finding out they were conjoined. So it, it just was beautiful, you know. And uh, sure, I was... I was off again. I was very emotional. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but it's yeah. so wonderful. They love sports so much. And I think it's, is it seven years since they started at Educate Together National School in Middleton? It is, yeah. That's yeah. their much loved school. And they've just grown up with two amazing SNAs. Um, they share an SNA in school, but the two SNAs they have, Ava and Neve, have been with them since junior infants. And they're like their school mums and we actually couldn't have been more blessed with them. They're just amazing and it'll be very hard to say goodbye to that school, you know, but please God, next September they start secondary school. And it, is that something they worry about? Themselves? They're going into Carrick through Hill, aren't they? Community yeah. College. Yeah. So like because they're 13, they're big boys now. Yeah. And are you all nervous about that or looking forward to it? I am absolutely terrified. <laughs> I am so terrified, but the boys are super excited. Um, they're talking about it like for months. So when they actually got the letter to say they got accepted, they were just so happy. And then one of their little best friends got accepted too. So, you know, three of them went off up the village to celebrate, you know, getting the old sneaky kind of uh, monster. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'm scared because, you know, it's a new school. Um you know, a lot of students who've never, you know, met the boys before. The boys wear a prosthetic leg going to school. Um, so I do, I have huge worries, you know, but, you know, they're just, I suppose anyone who meets the boys, they're just super infectious. You just can't help but love them. Mm. So, you know, I, I do believe it's going to be the making of them. And, you know, they're quiet boys. They are quiet boys, even though Hassan is mad, you know, <laughs> at times. They're quiet little boys and uh, I'll be killed. I can't call them little no more. Yeah, they're big. Um, But no, I I think it'll be wonderful for them and just, I suppose, incredible. I mean, the big reason they wanted to go to that school in particular was because um, for the first time in their lives, they just wanted to experience how it felt to walk home from school with their friends. And Mm. this school is close enough to do that. So... It's something, you know, we all take for granted to just simply walk home with friends. Yeah. So it was everything to them. They create a beautiful aura, though, even watching them um, last weekend. Like they they take in everything around them, don't they? I mean, they're almost they're like a self-sufficient duo, though, aren't they? Like they observe everybody. Yeah. Their teacher always says that, that they they can have a conversation. One's at one side of the room, the other's at the other side of the room, the class. And she said they have a whole conversation with their eyes, (laughs) you know. Oh, yeah. And they're mad to take the mick as well. They're (laughs) terrible to take the mick. You know, you can just see the eye contact and you go, yeah, you're mocking me, aren't you? (laughs) You know. And you mentioned earlier they're two beautiful older sisters, Malika and Imam. They're wonderful with their brothers, aren't they? Oh, incredible. Yeah. From day one, they just, you know, I suppose I have to say it obviously wasn't easy for them. Mm. You know, they were you know, brought over to London for endless months, living in hospital accommodation, um, you know, for young girls looking at their little brothers conjoined and then separated and trying to, you know, understand Mm -hmm. that. 
And I suppose just the whole way up through their lives, they're like their two little bodyguards. They really are. They're so protective of the boys. And they're all just at a beautiful age now where they're just, it's like they're just one. The yeah. four of them, they've just such a gorgeous relationship, you know, and you know, of course, as well, they're annoying little brothers, <laughs> of course, you know, and they wreck the big sisters' heads at times, you know. But it, what's lovely is it's all normal, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been really blessed with the girls, you know, they just, especially I must say, Eman this year, we were five weeks in Crumlin and um, she came up for two of those weeks, insisted to come up for two of those weeks to just um, be there and want to be there for her brothers mm. and it was her first time seeing Hassan in intensive care and she asked me could she see him and I had to kind of think long and hard about that because it's something I suppose painful for me to go through mm. and I've always protected the children from seeing that side of you know the boy's life and uh, so I took a photograph first of Hassan in intensive care because you know, it's, it's quite a scary place to be. Mm. So I showed her the photograph first and to prepare her. And when she went in to see him then, she was just incredible. You know, she was fixing his pillow. She was rubbing his head. And afterwards, she said to me, I never truly understood what the boys went through each time until now. And I just saw a change in her, you know. Um, so it's it's wonderful. I must say, I, I'm very lucky with the kids. How old is the mum? How old is she? Uh, she's 15 now. Wow. She's and so she was young, 14 really, at the yeah. time. Mm. And she's such a great sense of humour as well. She she was the one person at the start of all this. I mean, she was a funny little <laughs> two year old, but she was the one person through this whole journey that made us laugh at times we never thought we could laugh. laugh. Yeah, she's just off the wall. Like, she's no filter. So I, I run sometimes when she's around, you know. But that's humour is great, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's got us through so much. I mean, a hilarious thing that actually happened was, um, and again, you know, humour does get you through the worst times of life. Um, so when the boys were conjoined, um, we got two appointment letters from the CUMH in Cork. And Hassan's appointment was for half three. And Hussein's appointment was for four o'clock. And I'm kind of thinking, will I cheekily ring up and say Hussein can't make it that day? You know, because yeah. you couldn't make this stuff up, really, you know. Um, and now I even see that humour is in the boys, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, over the years, you know, you would come across other kids or, you know, sometimes even adults that, you know, would see the boys in their wheelchair or see that they'd one leg. And, you know, not everyone is going to be lovely, you know. And sometimes you do get people that are a bit mean or, you know, really? that, you know, sometimes you would get kids that could be cruel or say something sadly, you know. But what always amazes me is the boys come back. They're very quiet boys and anyone knows them, you know, always says, God, they're so gentle spoken, which they are, you know. Um but Hassan in particular, he has such great comebacks. So when people would come to him and ask where his other leg was, I'm after hearing everything from shark attacks <laughs> to um, being sold on the black market uh, to pointing me out in a play centre when there were years ago, po pointing mum out in a play centre and say, see that woman over there? She had no money for a Sunday roast one time. She took her legs. Oh my God, like Hassan will get me killed, you know? <laughs> 
But it's just their humour is just, you think, oh my God, this is going to carry you guys right through life, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. And even a friend of mine always says that they can just see the boys now when they're older, you know, uh, at the pub and maybe having a pint or whatever. And, you know, the party pieces, Hassan whipping his leg off, you know, and I can see it. But it's it's just so lovely that they're so happy in their own skin. And I love seeing that, you know, and I remember years ago, um, a psychologist asked the boys separately um, if I had a magic wand and I could change anything or, you know, would you like, you know, another leg or and it was like, no, we're happy the way we are. And sure, as a mum, that's all I ever want to know, that they're happy, you know, yeah. because I'll spend my lifetime, you know, trying to make them happy, to make up for all the hard days. And you have done that since I met you all those years ago when they were born. How are you doing, though? Oh, I'm tired. I'm so tired. I don't think I've ever, ever been this tired. This year has been really hard. And, you know, even last night, I got about mm. three hours sleep because, you know, Hassan didn't have a great night. But sure, he's a typical teen now sprawled out over on the bed in the hotel over. <laughs> and you're here half asleep. Oh, stop. I'm like the red eyed bunny this no, morning. You look you know? beautiful, Angie. But um, yeah, it, it is hard. I won't lie. Um, I suppose anytime I suppose I speak about the boys, I just like to keep it all so positive mm. and beautiful, which it is. But reality as well is, you know, life is not easy. Um you know, the boys, you know, have so much more surgeries ahead of them. You know, we're meant to go back to London, Great Ormond Street um, tomorrow week. And I say meant to because the flights are just coming in ridiculous. The, the flights are nearly 1500 for the three of us, which is crazy. Um, so, you know, you've all that, you know, it's so it's like from one week to the next, you never really have a chance to just stop and have a breath. Mm. And... I just feel every single week there's something, you know, mm. and it's exhausting. It is, you know, and, you know, as many mums of sick children around the country will understand, it's you don't get a day off, you know, and, you know, this is your your life and you accept it and you love it. But, you know, we're we're not robots, you know, you do need time to actually stop, take a breath, rest and it just seems this year has been impossible to do that. You know, it's but I'm forever the optimist. 2023 is going to be amazing. <laughs> You're a remarkable person, Angie. And the boys, the way they are today is so much down to you and your love as a mother. And I wish you the very best. Thank you so much. And, you know, just again to say thank you to all the listeners. You know, anytime we're out and about, there's so much love shown to the boys and it carries you through. Yeah. So thank you. Angie Benhava, thank you so much and love to Hassan Hussain and you two girls. Thank we'll you. We'll take a break.